Aloha. Welcome Lock to Talk Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. It's an awesome day today. We are going to be talking about something. Well, actually, we're going to be doing an episode that we've never done. We've had people on who have talked about technical stuff, talked about the technical side of filmmaking, or shared an experience with the sound going out, or the lights, or the my first PA gig in Arizona. Uh, the transportation captain was named West, and he had done like Young Guns and Young Guns Two, and Oliver Stone's U-Turn, and he was telling me all kinds of crazy stories. But anyways, um, I remember he walked by me, you know, for the first time I'm PA, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just soaking it all in. I can't believe I'm on a movie set. And the producers are sitting in a circle arguing or bickering about something small and stupid. Um, and he said to me, there's only one thing you need to learn that a movie set is one big act of God waiting to happen. And I never understood what we meant for about 10 years. And so I just wanted to say thank you because I was thinking of Wes and uh, yesterday we had an act of God with this episode where studio was working. Mike was working. The caller was calling in, but just for whatever the reason, it wasn't connecting with the caller. So uh, it made me think, gosh, this sure is an act of God, because in 270 episodes, which we cut yesterday, are 270, uh, this, has ne- this has happened once, but it was because there was a big rainstorm with thunder and lightning, so it was obvious the internet was going to have problems, so it was, again, an act of God. So, Wes, wherever you're at, I hope you're still kicking it, buddy. Uh, he was up there in age. Um, I hope you're driving around telling the crazy stories you told me. Now I come back to today's guest is going to be Jacob Ballinger, and he's going to be telling us, you get, this is another fun thing about today's episode, go to thelightbridge.com, we're going to be discussing this lighting system, thelightbridge.com, and you're going to be able to follow along here, no, we'll not follow along, we don't have a lesson plan for you, but you're going to be able to click on things that Jacob talks about click on uh, products that he talks about for you uh, film lovers and, you know, do this even just to, to learn um, about something new. And this will give you a great chance to uh, take a different look at uh, film and the light bridge to me, I'm, I, I like I loved talking with Jacob about it. We were seated together at the ASC Awards dinner and it was, you know, very interesting guy, very nice, very polite. Um, hold on. Are you there, Jacob? Oh, hi. There you go. We did it. It works. Excellent. Yeah, well I, I was just explaining to the audience about how in the movie business those things we call act of God. Uh, be it sound, lighting, uh, actors being driven to work, and all of a sudden a tire is flat. Um, so I let them know mm-hmm. that we had a nice little act of God yesterday, but now I'm glad that it's solved and uh, we can jump into <laughs> yeah. why we're here. How are you today? Perfect. Fine, thanks. Yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. It's beautiful today. For some reason, it's cold. Oh, it's warmer again. Yeah, it's nice. 
yeah, it's, I cannot believe how cold it is for a sunny day. I'm like, okay, I can deal with the cold when there's clouds and when it's raining and something about that connection between your eyeballs and the weather that makes you deal with the temperature. I don't know what it is. Um, so <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, you know, cause you know, like if you're in the snow and it's cold, you, you kind of, you're, you don't feel as cold cause you're like, okay, well I see snow. So, if, uh, you know, um, and yeah, there's, uh, there's something about that. Yeah, 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 it's really you know, and I'm gonna. I know, I know a few actual medical doctors that I'm gonna ask them if there's a biological thing in the body. That's a. Um, so so today um, we eat light, so it's you know it's, it's warmth goes through our skin. We just kind of digest it in a certain way. I guess it all just affects us, you know. It's nice. Oh right. Yeah, that's it's really. That, I mean, I I've never really even thought about that. I can't. I mean, yesterday was just walking down the street. I I had a a thick shirt and a jacket and I was freezing. I just thought this is not Southern California mm. in mid February. Mm. So, uh, mm. but I was, mm. I was telling the audience how we got to, uh, how we met and then just somehow ended mm-hmm. up being seated at the dinner together and, uh, mm. the AS, the wonderful ASC awards. And mm. I've, I've already let people know to go to the lightbridge.com. So for anything oh, that wonderful. you discuss, so they can, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Very generous. And, Thank you. And please, uh, we always, we 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 believe in teamwork, which of course I know you do as well. So um, mm. please also, if you can uh, give a, uh, we'd like to thank. That is such an amazing website. Whoever designed it, that. Uh, uh, oh, thanks. I'll give my hellos to Sandra. She's she's just amazing. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, because we. We're, we we started this show because of the idea that there's not enough teamwork sometimes in the business and people are always taking credit. And so we mm-hmm. thought, hey, you know what? Why don't we have a show mm-hmm. where everyone mm-hmm. on the team gets a voice? So, um, mm-hmm. so for a the nice light idea. Bridge, so true. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's I I I am yeah. It's such a such a uh, when I talk to people outside of the business and they they don't. Uh, it just amazes me how they, they think a dolly shot is just one guy pushing a camera. Like he had mm, the time to mm, lay the no, tracks and set up the card yeah. and, yeah. and he yeah. pulls focus while he's dollying back and he operates the camera while he's got a dolly around three tables. And um, yeah. Yeah. so, so with this, I'll kick it off with uh, what, uh, tell us your introduction here on what we should know about the light bridge. Oh, you know, it's a really interesting thing because it's actually, you know, you were just mentioning teamwork and it's like it's a few guys. I mean, we've been, you know, Austria's a small little uh, film industry and it's just kind of, we found uh, we found each other, Manuel Laszlo and myself, and we just, you know, wanted to do more than basically the Austrian industry was offering in terms of lighting. So from the beginning on, you know, we just, when we started the movie, we said, okay, what can we do special for this movie, right? So, of course, because we're from the lighting, we said for each movie we're going to build a really special light that's going to help the DP achieve what they want to do and give us the feeling we've actually not just taken stuff out of the shelf, put in a truck set up and put it back into the shelf. It actually contributed something. So when we met uh, the DP, Christian Berger, who did all the Michael Haneke movies, and he came to us with these reflective boards and saying, look, this is what actually I'm working with right now, and I really like the idea. And it was just, you know, it was really not meant for normal movie shooting. It was actually meant for something playing around with. 
he could get stuff done with it, but it was just far from the point where we had the feeling we actually still can accomplish a normal shooting day in the speed that we were used to. So immediately we jumped onto that and said, okay, let's develop gear for this, let's develop boards for it, actually you can put the reflectors onto, let's continue developing the reflectors. And, you know, it's been eight years of uh, wonderful co collaboration with Christian now, and now we're finally at the stage where we said, okay, the equipment and everything, Christian's vision, the idea of the Cine Reflect lighting system, is at a stage now where we say, okay, we actually now can share this with more people than just what we've been doing on the set, and that's when we then decided, uh, as three crazy guys, let's just found the light bridge and start to share stuff. So when you go into the homepage, you'll only just find it being a product site. It's actually more about trying to share ideas how to set up new lights, how new tools can evolve from that, and just uh, give lighting more words than we're used to. And that's uh, what the whole idea and the vision behind the light bridge is. Well, my, well before I go to my first question, what I wanted to say about your sharing ideas thing is, is that uh, that's one of the, the best things about, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure it applies to the Society of Camera Operators, and I just use the ASC as an example, is that uh, you, you, can, you can be at this place where, like you talked about sharing ideas, where they're not, how can I put it? I understand why screenwriters won't tell you anything they're working on, or I understand why actors won't tell you a technique. But at the end of the day, I kind of look at it as there's not a single business in, person in the film business who's absolutely what they're writing or doing has never in any way ever been done in the history of film. So when it comes to sharing ideas, I like that idea that you guys took something and instead of just saying, okay, well, you're only going to get it if you hire and here's the reel and, you know, take a look at the website just so you know the prices. Um, that you get to be able to go out and you're in a place where you want to enhance these cinematographers' work. You want to actually, uh, in some ways, make it more helpful for the crew, for the people that set it up. Mm. Uh, you're not mm. just presenting something that the businessman upstairs or the producer and line producer have to decide whether or not it's worth it. Now, for that, for that first part on the, on the website... Again, you guys can check out thelightbridge.com and you'll be able to understand what I'm saying here. You're sitting in a room and it's a, obviously a slow dolly back. And so, and please correct me anything that I'm wrong on because I'm, I'm, I am a tech fool, I admit to you, but I know the terminology and what does what. Is, hmm. on, when that camera dollies back and then you kind of see the the your products outside is the purpose to cut down room for the cinematographer or is it to make it easier uh day for night or how how is that kind of in that specific scene of you sitting down and walking out what is the what are you giving me as a cinematographer or the lighting team that makes it easier is it because i'm i'm taking from it that it just seems less is needed for that shot? Like, is, um, can you kind of explain that to me? 
Hmm. Um, actually, it's it's really a big point a, a point that we were trying to make is to say so you start up in a close up. Um, obviously, I'm not comfortable in front of the camera, but it's just something you know when uh, you start doing a share something, you got to put a face to it. So the first design we're just going to be in front of the camera. But the <laughs> basic, the main actors are actually is light, right? And and light is something you don't see. So you need something to make it visible. So the idea was, of course, by and say, okay, we need some persons in there sitting in a room, and you want to have a feeling of daylight. And when you're pushing back, it's always the most trickiest thing to recreate natural light. And um, that's the reason when you go up, what we often end up doing is when you go into nighttime, you still have to create day. How do you re-enhance that? How do you make it still look like it was still day? And with the Cinereflect lighting system, the CRLS, this just becomes easier, and the magic trick behind that is is just because of the inverse square law. We're actually having the light source further away from the reflector and then redirecting it into the room. So it does not, where the reflector, usually you would see a reflector now in the short little movie, there would be a lamp standing, and when you walk towards the light, it would get much brighter. But uh, since the light is being redirected further, uh, it has a more natural fall off, and that's the reason it feels more like day. So we were trying to, of course, show it has a very natural uh, it's a very natural look for the lighting itself. Plus, the way the whole idea of the CRS is, of course, to reduce equipment to spend more time actually lighting, to you know not spend time setting up gear, but actually really to lighting a scene to become better. So that was basically the idea of the short movie we did there. And it was and, um, and, amazing. No? Because, and, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. And so then the... I know they're not called covers, but and they weren't, and you told me the other day they weren't flags. So the reflector uh, can be adjusted, or there's different style of reflectors, or for for this piece of yeah. equipment. I mean, that that's basically the yeah. gist of it. You can, you're not. So basically, what I'm understanding is, you're not spending 20 minutes on picking a reflector, 20 minutes on picking a light. You're able to kind of know your reflector, know your light, and put them together. So that shaving time off. Uh, yeah. the, the hierarchy I mean, of DP to gaffer to technician? Well, right, so we, there's a lot of topics in there. I mean, basically, the CRLS is all about saying uh, it's a new approach to reflective light because the way we know reflectors, they've existed since the Egyptians, as we all know, but uh, what has changed now with the high-tech technology that we now can work on aluminum surfaces Basically, we're creating a diffused surface in four different kinds of grades, so the four reflectors with four different kinds of diffusions, diffusion one to diffusion four, and the light's going to get more diffused and more diffused and more diffused, and it's going to look softer, even on a small surface. So what we have been doing up until now was if we want a soft surface, uh, we're going to set up a light and then put a frame in front of it. That causes the issue of having to take the light away where you don't want it. But the reflectors, just the way they are engineered, give you the possibility by panning the reflector, you're actually already zoning your light. So you, I'm, you're not diminishing the use of flags, but you're definitely reducing it. And uh, so this is a little bit like reverse engineering. Kristen's main idea was how can I reduce all the equipment on the set because I want it free for the directors, I want it free for the actors, and how can I still really create beautiful light? And so he came up with this idea and saying, let's redirect it and take away all the gear that isn't necessary. He always calls it the mistake of the lamp, that basically it's not doing exactly what he wanted to do. That's the reason he flags and frames. 
And by taking a perfect light source right now, for example, we're using the PBS 47 right now because it gives a nice bundled shaft of light onto the reflect, and from there you work on with it. But, uh, you know, it's right on the radio, so it's a little bit more theory than I'm used to. So basically it's the best just to take it in your hand and just have a look at it, and you'll see it's a completely new intuitive approach to lighting. We've been having a lot of fun with it. Right. Well, I noticed you started out with a a light meter and – now, just so people know, because, I mean, I went to film school, but like I said, I got D's. I actually, at the end of the year, had my cinematography teacher, who was one of my closest mentors, actually give me mm. this whole lecture where he's just like, you're so smart. Why'd you get a D? Like, And it's just because I, I don't have a math brain, and to me, math is cinematography. It's figuring out how many feet oh, away the subject be. is and the man it shouldn't uh, be it shouldn't be that's that's the idea of good good equipment usually there's a cinematography should be freed of all the madness as possible and leave the covers and the first they seize to it I, I really believe that cinematographers as much as they all know their technical stuff uh as soon as they can forget it because they know they have a great crew behind them and they actually really can focus on uh lighting a scene and doing their art uh, that gives me the biggest joy as a gaffer to do that. So um, just to explain, so sorry, I've interrupted you, but right. just to explain, basically, it's like um, th- like if you take the sun, for example, and no matter where you walk on the beach, it's going to be the same brightness because the sun is so far away, it's always going to be the same kind of brightness. And as closer you bring a light, the more you will feel where the light is standing. So the closer you walk to the lamp, the brighter it's going to get. And that's actually the opposite of what natural light is in terms of the sun because or the sky because it's so far away. It's always going to be the same amount of brightness. And with an artificial light, when we're trying to recreate natural light, that's actually one of our biggest challenges, to not give the feeling there's a light source standing there. And by redirecting the light via reflector, uh, you're letting the light travel further. And because the reflectors are so high-tech, I mean, they reflect up to 97% light, so it's only 3% loss, so it's almost you can redirect the light without any loss, which is incredible. Actually, you can create more distance and give a more natural feel, if this helps. Okay, I see. So so just so people under, understand also to the where the – well, because obviously I've never been uh, an A-list decision-maker, but just so people understand uh, – the order of who answers the who, obviously the cinematographer is the leader of the team. Uh, what is the next order in setting up a light and then finally deciding on the light? DP looks through the lens. I know the operator operates. The director looks through the lens. In between the cinematographer and the operator, what is the order in terms of, I know how the grips are setting up stands and the gaffers doing this so is it what is the order of so people know um i you know i come from austria so in europe it's all very different from los angeles and that's my the biggest thing for me here right now because it's here we're coming over for the first time and showing the system for the first time but that uh, i didn't come over with the intention only to show people the system i really came here because i'm just so amazed and always have admired the american way of filmmaking to um, to learn how things are being done here. So uh, please forgive me. I'll really more have to talk about the European side, how films are oh, made. Oh no, that's because excellent. I'm not well, please expert. tell us about it. We we want to yeah. we want to yeah. we want to talk about anything we can. Yeah. And 
and we have we have listeners in Europe and supporters in Europe. So, hmm. how is it for your guys' uh, sets then? Basically, because we're not such a big industry, it's a little bit smaller, uh, which means we uh, we do not have to handle that amount of huge sets like here. So right. basically, we do not have to break down the hierarchy so much. So in uh, Europe, or it's even a little bit different all over Europe, but basically it means you've got the DP, Director of Photography, who's got the vision how the image should look as a total, right? And the light is a big part of that. So that's the reason in Austria or in, in Germany or in England or wherever he's got a gaffer. And uh, the gaffer is responsible. I always call it, I'm always the bridge. That's the reason where the light bridge came from. I'm always a bridge between the technical and the artistical part. So if a DP tells me what they want to do, I have to find the best and easiest solution to make this technically possible. And then I go ahead, and then in, in Europe, we've got the best boy system of a person who's actually, I always call it, I'm responsible for all the light in front of the lights, and the best boy is responsible for all what's happening behind the lights, all the setting up all the lights, doing all the cables, seeing that everything's safe. And as far as I understand here in L.A., uh, you've got a key group there as well uh, to support the DP. So actually, uh, it's 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 nice because then it's basically two of us doing the job. I'm taking care of all the electrical part and the lights, and the key group is taking care of all the flags and, in our case, the sea reflectors, of course. Because I, well, as far as I understood now in LA, uh, the uh, key groups take care of the reflectors. So this whole idea of reflecting light more is than a key group job. But uh, it all ends up, and I think that's the most important at the end of the day, is that the DP can look into the monitor, can look through the viewfinder, and actually uh, be freed of all the madness that's happening on the background to actually concentrate and think about what's going to work best for the image or for the movie. Right, and now we're, uh, as most people know, or people now, I, I, I never pay attention to my age. I keep forgetting I'm the age I am, and I... And I, it's because I don't think like I'm my age, but I realize now that we are 20 years into the digital age and things are, I mean, literally I graduated film school and six months later, everything went digital. So it was like hitting a delete Mm -hmm. button on a hard drive. It was like, um, Mm -hmm. and even Mm -hmm. for, I've heard very renowned uh, cinematographers at the clubhouse talk about, um, you know, I know as much about dig- this digital aspect as a film school student. And there are guys sitting there with 20 movies, three Oscar nominations, and they're saying that a, a film school student knows more. And so for yeah. Yeah. for uh, for for your guys' industry, is has it moved into mostly digital or just obviously, you know, obviously it's a budget. But is this system that you've created, is there a way to switch it between if you're shooting digital or film, or did you find a way to balance where it doesn't matter? Hmm. I think it's um, out of where we're out of the lighting industry and, you know, what all is involved in that. Um, it's been a, personally, it's just my opinion, the whole thing is there's been a, such a major push in the digital technology and it's just actually really freed lighting. So because, you know, when lights started, we, lights were started being built, it was really for the exposure of the film because it was just too dark. So you had to light everything. So the whole process of, um, 
of the craft of lighting actually came from the point of saying we got to get the film exposed. So everything we did and we learned from there was actually how can you create something on film uh, that's still going to look good but it's going to reach whatever is necessary technically. Now, with the years in film, of course, this has become easier and easier, and the ASA have moved up. Uh, but the craft of lighting is really founded in, in, in this basic thing of saying we've got to push enough light into it. And what has happened now with the digital technology is, is suddenly, and I'm saying this a little bit over the top, is, uh, is we don't need light anymore for exposure. There is mostly enough light to actually shoot. And light finally is at a point where we only need it uh, for creating a mood or creating a scene. And that is a freedom that we're having right now and where everything's going with LED is just incredible. And finally we're at a stage and because we're talking about sharing, uh, coming here now, I came here to, this, to the States now because um, I met this uh, amazing opera lighting designer in Denmark. And we just share the same passion of saying we're finally at the stage where it's not about how much output a light can give, but actually about the quality of the light, because it's really picking up now because uh, we can concentrate on quality because we're not wor uh, worrying about exposure. And uh, that's the reason, yeah, he's the guy who did uh, BBS lighting, and that's the reason I came over here, because we said, okay, together with his lights, actually we have something we can present to the people that's really about the quality of light. And that for me is something... Um, incredible and to answer your question is that uh christian of course was Berger was shooting movies on film with his reflectors before it moved to the digital age but what has changed with the digital age is i feel is that the film has become much more sensitive and the whole idea of fill light has changed completely and it's much more about reacting how light comes into a room and how it hits off the walls because everything's been picked up at a sensor so much more at a higher rate than what we've been used to and now with the reflectors, you've got such an easy change of, of dimming the light and sewing the light. And this really special, uh, how should I say, this, this, this diligent work is really picking up on digital cameras. And I think that's the reason we're having uh, the success we're having now, because people are starting to see, well, I don't just need output. It's not enough. I have to look for quality and light and shadow. And that's what really it's really helping as well. Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, what what. The lighting team does cinematographers. It's, it's, I mean, it's the thing that makes me so uh, that I get so excited about because I, like I said, I know just enough about the technical side to understand uh, the mood, the lighting, the what a cinematographer did, the where probably a, a, a light is sitting or where is you know. Mm -hmm. a, Turn the camera one mm -hmm. inch to the right. There's there's a flag behind George Clooney's head, um, and I've always just thought of this interest, interesting uh, kind of what do you call stew of so many different things going into one place. So when I looked at this website, I just found it so interesting because when I that pulled back and there wasn't 400 pieces of gear, it didn't look like it took. 50 guys to set it up. Cause I, I mean, I, this is, this ties to what you're saying. Um, I PA'd on a, a really known Hollywood film one time shooting in Hawaii. And mm -hmm. there was like seven guys just working on a C stand, a flag and mm. uh, a reflector board. And the next guy would take light. And um, mm. 
the, and if you don't, and you know, if you don't watch it right, then it can lead to a possible fire, and then there's mm. the electrician team in on it, and there's the. Uh, could mm. you could you please tell our audience uh, it, the so that the team is for you guys is uh, gaffer and then some electricians, maybe one or two grips and a cinematographer, and mm. that's kind well, of how you organize. No, no, it's it you know it really depends on the scale. I mean, we get up to 20, 30 people as well if it's necessary on big shoots. But just okay. to explain because you were talking about uh, the scene here because it's you know we're still uh, a little company, you know, uh driven by by three crazy gaffers. It's it's really like when we were, when we were shooting this, my wife found a location, she built a box. One of my best friends is a DP, so he uh, was able to help us with the camera. And then his wife was pregnant two days before birth, sitting in a chair as she's a director, directing the three of us, and it's actually the three of us. So we were setting up the lights plus being in frame. So there was actually only one Dolly guy who was a friend of ours and one first DC who was a friend of the DPs there, and that was it. And that was oh, wow. for doing everything. <laughs> So it was, no, that, we had a lot that, of fun. It was too cold, but it was was was. It's just really friends doing it, and the results you see there, and especially when the camera moves back and you see how the reflectors are being panned off and on and gone, it's really just to show how fast and intuitively you actually uh, can create new moods with the reflectors because you're not moving a lot of stuff away to recreate something new. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that that was I I loved the simplicity. Of it. I have to do a quick show maintenance here. Everyone, what we've been talking about and anything you missed, uh, com, and then just some quick show stuff I do. Uh, this coming up this week, tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Love and Hate, which is a uh, Discovery Investigation Channel show. Uh, we're going give, to be giving you an advanced review. And then on Friday, we'll be having Steve James, uh, he directed Abacus. It is up for Best Documentary, so he's up for an Oscar, not this weekend, but the next weekend. You can check it out on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, and, uh, again, Abacus, small enough to jail. Forgot about that. Uh, all I can tell you is, well, it's on Prime, is it's about a Chinese banker who actually did some of the stuff that our bankers did. In China, you can actually go to jail for it. So, uh, check that out on Prime, and then you can tune in Friday, and we'll have the director um, ignore the Rolling Stone article that's out right now online. Be- no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't knock Rolling Stone. Uh, and come on our show, check it out. So, um, again, thank you uh, for letting us do that, Jake. Now, is there a – this is one of my last questions – uh, other than just the obvious, less time, less gear, et cetera, what, what, was, what was the spark of idea? Because I always make, I understand that ideas have five epiphanies and four good moments and two good conversations, but do you remember the exact spark that said, yeah, I'm in, and I'm not turning back? I'm always interested in what that spark is for people. I'm, I'm afraid I didn't understand the question correctly. You're asking like, what uh, the like, idea was the spark like, behind yeah, the lighting yeah, system? Like, when you have an idea, 
you want to do it and you're probably going to do it and thinking about it. But then that moment of I'm going to do this idea, whether it gets a technical Oscar or in two years, people don't even remember hearing about it. That's why I'm going to commit myself to this. Yeah. What was that? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, there's actually two sparks. Yeah, the, there's there's ex, the one spark was Christian Berger, the, the Michael Haneke uh, DP, and, and he did the Angelina Jolie by the Sea, and um, his spark behind the idea was, like um, he he once said to me, uh, sometime during the shooting, he said, you know, actually, you're always in search of the light of your childhood. When you're searching for the perfect, really nice light, you actually where do you reference to? And he was saying you so often just reference to emotions you had in your childhood because that felt good. So for him, his search for a really nice light, and he wasn't happy with what he got from the industry at the time because he wanted to push beyond that, was then to take this daring moment of saying, okay, I, I think I found some, from, from the architectural side, I found some, some really interesting aluminum reflectors we think we could use. And... Uh, from there, things developed from him, and it was a bold step because he had a. He said, "Okay, I won't be using the conventional stuff. I'm going beyond that. I have to see how I can get a lighting crew to do it. I have to see how I can get a director and a production to go on to that." But for him, it really was this inner urge to find a quality that he felt he wanted to bring to the movies. That was the first one, and then for me, it really, I must say, when I started to work with Christian, it was just incredible to be all on these movies, right, on the Michael Haneke movies, and, and working the first time with Angelina Jolie, it was just incredible. But the way was that um, I just saw that the stuff he had was so beautiful what it could do, but it just wasn't fit for the industry yet, because all the technical stuff, all the health and security things, and the intuitive way of working, which is so important for me, just wasn't there yet. And we had been working uh, with other production, with other companies producing this stuff for him, but they were only interested in basically ripping off a DP to get more money. Uh, we're not interested at all what we actually needed on set to really make this into a beautiful system or understand what actually we were doing. So at some point, it was actually after By the Sea, where Christian said, okay, I've had enough of this. We're not getting where we have to go, and I'm too old to really go on. And it really was a gaffer's promise to say, look, Christian, we can do this. I know I'm a gaffer. I don't come from the I don't come from the side of funding a company, but I'm willing just to dive into it and to learn it, just because it's so important to share this with the people. And you know what? Also from our side was of course to say this is just so much easier to work, and we can get such beautiful results. So I really took all my pension money and put it all into the company, and we started this like one and a half years ago. And it's we've been really lucky to find partners uh, that are supporting us and helping us because we're learning on the way. So it's just really been quite a ride, but a beautiful one, I must say. Yeah. Well, congratulations that's story. on that. And, <laughs> and, and, so, so people, and, and so people know, um, he had mentioned uh, Angelina Jolie. This was, uh, obviously she did not shoot America, but that film was, uh, gosh, I don't remember if it was two or three years ago. Uh, we cover so many film festivals. I remember really wanting to cover the American Film Institute Festival because they were premiering her film there, and they were premiering it at Grauman's. And I don't, I usually do not uh, listen to critics. I say that our show is a filmmaker's. We review films. We have never bashed a film. We will just pass on a film if we don't like it. 
Uh, we've never said mm. one negative word about any filmmaker because mm. it's so counterproductive. And even on the worst film ever made, they got up at four in the morning and worked a sixteen hour day. So we to knock yeah. that. But um yeah. by the sea what happened here was and I hope it was different overseas, was that because we live in the American culture is so much on critics and mm-hmm. as an American culture, most movie makers don't know that critics, most of the times except revered ones like Pauline Kael or uh, A.O. Scott or Roger Ebert, who are all not with us anymore, have never mm-hmm. even stepped foot on a film set, let alone mm-hmm. made a film. And mm. they have all, they hold all this power in their hands to make or mm. make a movie, and mm-hmm. they've never lined up a shot. They've never done anything. Mm. So that's mm. why we always look at it as uh, we've made. Features. I've produced four or five features, so mm. I know that it's total hell. Um, I have Oscars mm. for the worst movies ever made, actually. Mm. Um, mm. And so with so for by the sea, what happened was was it just got ripped by critics and the number mm-hmm. one reason was not you're gonna get a kick out of this unless you read the reviews was not mm-hmm. bad directing was not mm-hmm. bad story I read some articles about pacing it was mm-hmm. uh, Brad Pitt only does huge known movies and he wouldn't have done this if it wasn't his wife and there was just you could find a hundred articles about a husband mm. doing his wife's film or his mm. performance was not as good as in Moneyball or or this. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. I remember just reading these articles going, okay, so the movie's mm. bad. Like, if my wife was Angelina mm. Jolie, she'd be in my movie. Mm. Um, mm. If I was married to mm. Meryl Streep, you better believe mm. I'd be casting her. I don't care if she mm. walked my camera mm. once. So it was this rotten thing, and it was in and out of theaters. Uh, of course, DVD was gone, and so I have four or five different streaming services. I'm never able to find it unless it's mm-hmm. buying it for nine ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. Um, and I think anyone does buy a movie they've never seen. Um, so, so when you mention that film, I it's kind of like wow, it was really sad that this no knowledge of not, I don't know one image other than the trailer. And with the trailer, I just Mm. thought, okay, yeah, love Mm -hmm. stories always have a little bit of slowness to them because Mm. let's face it, love and life is slow sometimes. And I love her as a director. I mean, Unbroken, if you guys have not seen Unbroken, watch it. It has the great Roger Deakins. He's the cinematographer. It is a brilliant, brilliant film. I've seen it three or four times. So for By the Sea, that was kind of what we got in America. Um, I would I would venture to say that most film fans would not even know that she made it um, because mm. they weren't at the AFI opening night. And, uh, yeah, that's why I was so intrigued. And I'm going to continue the hunt. Uh, when you said that that was the film that this system was used on, and when I looked up a couple of things on the site, because uh, if anything, Jacob, it made me feel like I'm not going to be able to give this guest 
my best because I can't get my hands on this film that the system was used on. So for for a few moments after I left the clubhouse, I just thought, oh, I guess owes that I at least watched the film, but of all films, (laughs) this one. So um, I do want to congratulate you guys that you got to work such a wonderful director and um, I know she's top notch with crew she picks, so that tells me what we need to know. Um, the last last two questions we have, uh, and this if this doesn't apply, feel free to say it doesn't apply, and that's totally cool. Uh, this is no right or wrong answer. Um, do you have a dream genre? that you would love to be able to be standing there and see your system being used on like a sci-fi movie or a really intense drama or a Western or would be a a genre that you would just love to know they're using your gear. Um, I'd have to answer that question and saying, all genres except the ones that have had the system on. Because for me, the biggest thing is like, you know, we've been working on this now for eight years to get it to this stage, and we've been having it with us in all the sets. So by now being able to share it with everybody out there, it's actually not about, for me, it's just the first step because it's not about saying, look, this is the way you use the system. It's actually the opposite of that. It's saying, look, this is what we've done up until now. I'm so curious to find out what other people find in the system, what they can do with it. Because uh, we've done different kinds of films as well, from very natural love stories to historical Ludwig II movies to ghost movies. We've done all kinds of stuff. But um, it really is more about uh, the the eye behind the lens, right, of the, the DPs and what they see and what they can find in it and, and how they'll able to use it for different kinds of genres. And I'm always so thrilled when I hear back from DPs and see the images that they've used it on and how they're using it just because I'm learning so much from them and seeing how actually you can create different kinds of styles with it because the reflectors, I mean, it's so reduced down to the basics. I, I thought about this this morning. It's like, it's like, it's so reduced down when you talk about software, it's about talking about zeros and ones. It's like so reduced, you can do everything from it. You can create your light sources. You can create different kinds of colors with it because you can gel the lens differently with the system. So there's all these different kinds of things you can do. And uh, because it's so basic and it's really meant that the HTP can find how they can use it for their own visual style, I'm so looking forward to seeing more movies out there to learn from that out of a gaffer's point of view. Yeah. That's really that, that that's really interesting because I I like um that you were saying from a gaffer's point of view cause I've never I've never heard that for that specific uh put it that way but I know uh like my friend's husband who's been a key grip on numerous of our most well known American films in the last twenty five years mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. she said it's funny because they'll go to the movies. And he'll just see the slightest shake in the dolly. You know, and she'll try to tell him, like, you know, we didn't go to see the movie if they dollied in at the right speed, you know? (laughs) So it was was interesting for me to learn that in the same way someone who's made films uh, can 
you know, cinematographers obviously are the worst. They can spot, hey, that that dude is a little bit underexposed or overexposed or, mm. uh, you know, even just studying films as a film lover, uh, you get that. So uh, that was really interesting, the gaffer's point of view. Um, I've heard all the other ones. Obviously, as you know, too, the worst is a is sound man's point of view when you He's listening to if the ambience, the waiters dropped their thing in the background, sounded how it should have, as opposed to, you know, point the movie. Table. So I really like it. So I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today and coming by. It was a pleasure to meet you at the clubhouse and uh, have dinner together. And, of course, we thank uh, Meredith, as always. We Love, adore, appreciate every kind word you can think of about Meredith. We apply it. So um, we hope this does really well for you guys. And as Meredith knows in the future, if there's a next stage or step of this product or you guys use this product and it wins next year's best picture, please let Meredith know. Any guest that comes on is welcome back if they want to. We don't expect it, but... uh, uh, just feel yeah, free to know sure. that we're in your guys' uh, Rolodex, just Meredith now. Awesome. Yeah, she's she's been so amazing helping us. She's also a big uh, reason why this was all possible because she just, you know, she's 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 doing the press work for Christian and by us meeting and saying, come on, I know you're just starting out this whole thing. And she's been so generous and helpful. I don't even have words for it. It's, it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah Meredith is, uh, I call her one of the pillars of our show. I I can't even, I sometimes look back at what she's done for our show through getting us guests and vouching for us and uh, just even guests that are in the works. And I just kind of like, you know, when I met her the other day, I was just like, I'm not going to cry in public, but I want to cry tears of thank you. You know, (laughs) like um, Mm -hmm. she is just awesome. So Meredith, kudos. We all love you. And uh, Jacob, we hope you have a great day. And most of all, uh, most importantly, uh, safe travels. Um, head, head home. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for, so much for having me and being so generous to give us the time. And yeah, and hope to see you soon. The latest at the next ASC Awards done. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, and oh. take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Excellent. Please, everyone, go to www.thelightbridgemovie.com. That's going to do it for me, Paul Booth, your host. Talk pictures with Paul Booth. So like I said, of course, I'm the host. Have a great Wednesday. And again, this Friday, uh, Oscar nominee Steve James, director of Hoop Dreams. He's up this year for Abacus, which is on Amazon Prime for free. If you want to watch Abacus, Small Enough Jail for free on Amazon Prime. Uh, please check that out before Friday. We'll be releasing the uh, the um, sorry, the episode with a full documentary director discussion. So how cool is this? You get to watch an Oscar-nominated doc before the Oscars and hear the director break it down. I don't know. To me, that sounds really cool. I hope it does to you. All right. Take care. Aloha from Talking Pictures.